It's Sunday, July 4th, 2021. It's been a while, I know. I know, I know. I just haven't been up to it. But it is Independence Day. So I had to, at the very least, commemorate this wonderful day. Very important day in our country. A game that is supposed to represent freedom. <laughs> and this is how I am feeling this morning. How about you? Feeling a little... I don't know. Not so hot. Weekend's not over yet though. Oh no. This is how I've been feeling these past couple mornings. I can never get over this song. It's always one of my favorites. So it's Sunday. Holy shit. It's Sunday, July 4th, 2021. I think I said that already. And, uh, well, what can I say? What can I fucking say? <laughs> really? Uh, not much has changed. Not much has changed. We're still heading in the trajectory that we are going in. And uh, here in this country, today, today marks a day that we commemorate our freedom here. Freedoms, <laughs> which, uh, of course, of course, uh, you know, it, it, the irony of what's happening right now and um, with this holiday. Of course, I was going to take the time to reflect that, and I'm sure a lot of people will, too. But I happened to get an email. It was actually an email for uh, uh, from a company that I had made a purchase from in the past. And uh, well, they, they sent me a list of July 4th fun facts. So I, I figured, what the hell? <laughs> Let me read that to you because this is shit that I probably don't remember or don't really care about. But to commemorate this day. Why not disseminate some information and perhaps have a nice little conversation about it, a little reflection on it? So they sent this to me, and it's entitled July 4th Fun Facts. $50 coupon at the end of the page. So they're going to give me $50 off to get a machine, which is cool. I might decide to uh, purchase another. So on this federal holiday, also known as Independence Day, marking the colony's adoption of the Declaration of Independence, on July 4th, 1776, which was declared independence, independent from, the, from Great Britain. I can't even read this. On this federal holiday, also known as Independence Day, 
marking the colony's adoption of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, which declared independence from the Great Britain and its king. We declared independence from the Great Britain and its king. We thought it would be appropriate to, to share some fun facts about this historic day. We are already familiar with the fireworks, parades, barbecue, and festivities, festivities like picnics, fairs, concerts, and parties that take place on this day. But there are some things many people don't know about the 4th. On July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of declaring independence from Great Britain. The Declaration of Independence was officially adopted two days later, marked by the ringing of the Liberty Bell at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. At the time, John Adams believed that July 2nd, not July 4th, would be the date remembered by history. The second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epoca in the history of America, Adams wrote in a letter to his wife on July 3rd of that year. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. The Declaration of Independence was not signed on July 4th, 1776. That's actually the day it was formally adopted by the Continental Congress, but it wasn't signed by most signatories until August. And then it goes into hot dog feast. <laughs> some some tidbits of information on July July fourth. Americans typically eat 150 million hot dogs on Independence Day, enough to stretch from D.C. to L.A. more than five times, according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. This is just so ironic that they put that at the bottom of this email. So yeah, I figured I'd read a little information on July fourth Independence Day. Why not? I got this fucking email, so. <laughs> Might as well take that, take advantage of that. But I thought that was interesting. Um, it was a reminder of what really, you know, how far we've come. 1776, I mean, we're almost, you know, we're, we're let's say, 275 years in about. So what does it all mean? What does it all mean? And at the end of the day, you know, we may have declared as a country our independence from Great Britain, but we are in the current state of affairs that you know, our country's leaders have basically claimed servitude to other countries. And that's and it's what it's come down to. Everything here will continue to erode because that's part of what the plan is. And to watch what unfolded in the past year, over a year and a half ago, goes to show that, you know, even even the media will say new normal. Everything has changed and nothing will go back to the way it is. Nothing will go back to the way it will. And millions and millions, the majority of here, people in America have no idea what's unfolding in front of them. And how they're being part, being made part, willingly, of a massive campaign to destabilize and overthrow everything that they think they're celebrating for on this day, July 4th, 2021, or any July 4th after. 
And I haven't really been reading the headlines, but I remember months ago, our puppet-in-chief mentioned something about July 4th. And, and, and remember, going back to last year when the lockdowns began, they were very... You know, they, they, they made a point to let people know how they should celebrate their holidays with their families on their free time. How far the government wants you to understand the risks of, of just, you know, getting out of the house and living your life. And the fact that these people thought that they were an authority over any of these things, it just shows how far and how, they, how audacious. And the sad thing is how many people actually look, listen listen to hear from the authority figures the self-appointed experts in order to go back to living their lives and you know who you are seriously you know who you are dr fauci you know you know who you are uh health secretaries all you motherfuckers every single one of you motherfuckers see every single one of these assholes who are standing up behind a podium, standing up behind a camera, mocking every one of us, every one of us fucking plebs who are doing whatever the fuck we're doing this weekend, barbecuing, whatever. All these motherfuckers are out blowing shit up and <sighs> trafficking, <sighs> sacrificing, experimenting. All little rats. And they gave us, they threw us a bone today. They threw us a fucking bone. But we're just gonna keep witnessing more and more taken away. <sighs> this fight is not over. It's never going to be over. Because they, the media, and this foreign entity, the new regime, has declared war on every one of us who wants to just live a life free of intrusion. Do you understand what they're doing is they have intruded upon all of us. Some willingly, some were okay with it, some opened the door and let them in. Others cower and wait in the doors to be forced open. While others are still just waiting. Not knowing if the best form of attack is an offensive strike. I think about bullies. I think about the type of mentalities and the type of people that go around in this world thinking that they have a right to dominate others or to influence others to act in a manner that may be detrimental to themselves, but for the benefit of the bully. I think about people like that and lots of those mentalities, those, those are the people who get themselves in positions of power. Lots of those bullies are bullies for a reason, and they use it. They use lesser people and weaker people as stepping stones to get to the pinnacle and the height of where they want to in life. And in a lot of dynamics, we will deal with bullies, whether it's grade school, middle school, high school, your own personal relationships, work relationships, just beyond. And how you deal with those types of people, how you deal with those types of bullies, how does the average person deal with a bully? Well, the average person is afraid of bullies. 
type of person is agreeable with. But if you're the type of person that kind of get broke, that gets a little pissed off around boys, you know, there's always that percentage of people out there who are bully crushers. That's the only way you get to survive in life. Even if you want to be left alone, you have to be willing to turn into a bully crusher to defend your right to be left alone. Because you want to be left alone for a reason. I don't think it's completely hopeless. I just think that too many people are weak. They're weak enough and when you're dealing with certain mentalities and certain types you have to be able to be willing to strike first or strike because it's the preemptive thing you can't be afraid you can't be afraid of getting hit you can't be afraid the worst case scenario because this is this is how you topple the mindset of a bully you have to be willing to die fighting and that's all it really comes down to you have to be willing to put put it all on the line and even then you know that they haven't gotten the better of you you know you at least tried and you didn't hand yourself over and that's the most embarrassing thing I think when people just hand it over it depends you know each scenario is different you get robbed at gunpoint and all they want is your purse is it worth fighting for of course not you have to pick and choose your battles wisely but if you're a woman at gunpoint and a guy wants to rape you again what's it worth that's something each individual would have to determine but at the end of the day there's more value in the sanctity of your body than there is in the contents of a purse so where is it that you draw the line I used to think that some of the fundamental rights in this world was the protection of your persona and the protection of your body. I think the word sanctity is the wrong one, but it's the only one I'm coming up with right now. To have the right to not be infringed upon, again, to be left alone. They have violated that at the very core by interrupting people physically, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually on every level. They have sought to corrupt human beings in general. Some of us are more aware than others. The ones that are aware feel it the most. They see it the most. They're more sensitive. See how absolutely wrong I am. 
What do you do? What do you do? What do you do to get rid of road glory? What do you do to get rid of those? Violators. How do you stop them? You can't be afraid. First and foremost, you can't be afraid to stand up to them. You should never be afraid. Take the value of what you're worth. Take the value of just being a human who loves to love and who's worth. It's worth so much more than anything else. What's it worth to not have your persona violated? Is it worth sacrificing your life for? And so to me, that's what this day has brought up, it has made me think about and wonder for myself, again, how far can we take it? What is the strategy that I think hurts me the most? You know, we have to shut them up. So there's some headlines today that I'm looking over this morning. I have, it's, I'm so far behind on everything. And, um, you know, it's still the same battle. They got the fucking Delta variant. And, and I want to joke about that, but it's so fucking plainly obvious. It's not even funny. So we got headlines, but I think the one that I'm going to look at most here is why COVID is like AIDS. Oh, this is Alex Berenson. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, Unreported Truths. Let's see. I've never gone onto the Unreported Truths website. Alex Berenson. Oh, this is his Substack. Ah, I'm surprised. I didn't see Substack that he was on there before. I usually read Jordan Shatner. All right, so let's see what Alex Berenson has to say today. Because, you know, he, he's a pretty good writer. And I enjoy his stuff. Why COVID is like AIDS? Hint, not because the risks are similar. In 1981, doctors in New York and Los Angeles saw healthy young men sicken and die within months. Their immune systems apparently destroyed. The death set off a frantic search for the culprit. By 1983, virologists had identified a novel pathogen they would call HIV, human immunodeficiency virus. Over the next decade, scientists learned much more about HIV, which early on had a fatality rate close to 100%. Worse than Ebola or smallpox. And at the time, yeah, I mean, that's crazy because Ebola is like 60%. I don't know what smallpox is, maybe like 40%. Ultimately, they tamed it. Perhaps the greatest successes, success for scientific and medical research in the late 20th century. But the political story of AIDS is much trickier. Now actually, you see, Alex Berenson, you fucked up, dude. I'll tell you why. Because you, you called the pathogen HIV, but you didn't define AIDS. HIV and AIDS are not the same thing, Alex. So you fucked up here. Um, 
The political story of AIDS is much trickier. AIDS is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, which is thought to be caused by HIV. And the reason why I'm being picky about this, A, because um, they're not the same thing. You could have HIV and you could not have AIDS. So, and I don't know, he's, he's a fucking journalist, he should know better. Anyway, so the political story of AIDS is much trickier, and, th and this is going to be about Fauci. I know this because I've read uh, an article way, way back. This was written in uh, Village Voice, I think. New York City had a lot of publications. I think the Village Voice is still, is still around, but back in the day, the Village Voice was like, I don't know, the Craigslist of fucking newspapers, I guess. That's the best I can sum it up. It is uh, mostly gay newspaper or I don't know what the hell they call it these days the LGBT and all the rainbow shit but it was it, it, they had some tremendously good writers for the, the few times that I had the privilege of reading the village voice when living in New York City or whatever just being older it, it, they are some great writers uh, but when age started uh, this is something that they brought up, and I'm, I'm going to finish reading this article here because I'm pretty sure it's going to be about Fauci. Um, scientists realized quickly that gay men and intravenous drug users were at far higher risk of contracting HIV than the general public, but they feared people might not support funding for AIDS research and stigmatized those groups further if they explained that reality openly. So they didn't. A Smithsonian Magazine reported in 2013 Federally funded campaigns sought to address the larger number of people from all backgrounds, male, female, homosexual, or heterosexual. The America Response to AIDS campaign created by the CDC ran from 1987 to 1996 and became a central part of the everyone is at risk message. I remember around this time, let's see, what year was it? had to be 1993 or 4 that they actually they, they brought this shit up in school man like I remember learning about AIDS in school and um yeah and they had one lady she was telling us how she got it she got it cause she was sharing needles and shit like that and um she, at the time like she had to take 30 pills a day just to stay alive but it was it was almost part of like the public public health announcements like before that there was the drug the dare campaign the don't do drug campaign it was always something it was always something so i guess once they got past the the dare drug campaign they, they moved on to the uh, the aid stuff but i tell you man the shit that they taught us in school like just it was <laughs> i'm lucky i learned shit but there's, there's just always some public service announcements slipped in and, and I don't know, it's, it's just weird. So, some AIDS organizations, especially providing those services to communi communities at the high risk, highest risk for contracting HIV, saw the campaign as diverting money and attention away from the communities that needed it the most. Let's see, did I? Everyone was at risk message. The deception probably increased the public's willingness to fund research. Okay, so. Yeah, so they push that everyone is at risk message. So meanwhile, here I am, like, fucking teenager. What were my chances of getting AIDS? But they, we had people coming to fucking, 
you know, I wasn't a, any drug user or a gay dude or, 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 you know, doing whatever the fuck else these people do out here, whatever, the fucking swingers and clubs and shit. And even those people, I mean, it was, it was specifically, supposedly the gay community and uh, IV drug users. So I don't even think it was so much the gay community. Uh, I remember hearing that it was more IV drug users or, or that there were certain things that were tainted that that's what I remember hearing that there were actually tainted inoculations given to certain groups and this is how the outbreak started, but whatever, you know, we'll never really, really know the truth, truth. I believe that was Judy Miskovitz has, has said that a few times. I've seen her interviews, and she happens to know Fauci very well. And I, I think she said that that was a contamination that caused these uh, initial cases. And doesn't surprise me. I believe it. Why not? These motherfuckers, and here, the same clown. Is, is still running the show. So not much has changed. So the AIDS organizations, especially those providing service to communities, uh, saw the campaign, everyone is at risk message, as diverting money and attention away from the communities that needed it the most. I guess mainly like the gay people. Uh, it was also, also caused needless fear in people at vanishingly low risk. Yeah, especially heterosexual women, exactly. <laughs> I just felt like, I remember, like, I lived in a home, too, so it was an all-girls home, and then they, like I said, they came and they spoke to us, and it's like, whoa, you know, like, AIDS, oh my goodness, like, you know, we were young, but they, but they actually went out of the way to, to fucking fund uh, education, and we, <laughs> we weren't really even at risk, just, again, bureaucratic nonsense, okay, so, perhaps most importantly, it was fundamentally untrue. I guess quote that everyone is at risk. The fact shouldn't matter to anyone who believes truth, even unpleasant truth, or to drive public policy, public policy decisions. It's never about truth. Public policy pushed to us by the politicians is never about the fucking truth. Never, never. Which brings us to COVID. SARS-CoV-2 isn't even in the same time zone as HIV as a killer. But it is like HIV in one crucial way. It plays favorites. After a year, most of us know that the elderly are at much higher, much higher risk for, from the coronavirus, even though well-informed people may not know how much higher the risk is. But what public health authorities have gone out of their way to obscure is how much obesity, especially severe obesity, drives the risk of coronavirus in younger people. Yeah, and then that's what the, the shit that you hear. Oh, you know, more younger people are hospitalized. So you're talking about people in their 40s and shit like that being considered, quote, younger compared to the elderly and frail people who are their 80s. And here we go. I've mentioned this before months ago. I think it was Crispy Vax episode. If this was really about public health, sorry, it took me a while because it's been a while since I've podcasted and, and I feel like I have to warm up for my brain to completely function. Uh, and sometimes I don't like to edit, so I'm, I'm a slow starter at times. But here we go. Going back to fucking the whole Vax campaign months and months ago. Was it March? April? Whatever the fuck they had going on. You get a free Krispy Kreme donut every day till the end of the year, I believe, just to get the Vax. Why the fuck are you and, and all sorts of incentives, all sorts of fucking food-based, unhealthy-ass motherfucking incentives that they're giving to people? 
who are going to be ultimately put at higher risk if they participate in these incentives. So, again, this is so blatantly fucking obvious. Uh, I don't understand how people don't see it. I don't know. And it's, a, it's an absolute mockery. And that, that's the shit that pisses me off the worst. Because, again, I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not fooled by this shit. But the fucking audacity of these people to stand up there and take a piss, hot steaming piss all over the audience, and they sit there with their mouths open. <sighs> now, now I'm heated. <laughs> I can't. I fucking can't. This is why I don't podcast, because I just get so angry. I can't fucking help it. Let's finish this article. Let's finish this article. I didn't know I was going to be reading this, but let's just get this done. Over a year, most of us know the elderly are much higher risk. Yes, I apologize. But what public health authorities have gone out of their way to obscure is how much obesity, especially severe obesity, drives the risk of coronavirus in younger people. And that's something that you'll always hear the media say. They'll always bring up that this variant is much more dangerous to younger people. And that's padding the narrative to get the 12-year-olds the 16-year-olds, and I'm not sure what he's referring to by much younger. I say younger people, I'm thinking 45, oh, maybe it's 20s, maybe it's 30s. And when I would hear people out here say to me, oh, well, you know, I know somebody who's hospitalized for corona. When I would tell them it was fucking bullshit. And then i say, well, are they obese? I mean, <laughs> call me insensitive, sorry. But that was my first question. And most of the time, these people would stumble and be like, well, I'm a little overweight. Oh, yeah, okay. A little, just a little, okay you say so but unhealthy habits are going to dictate the outcomes of really anything and the fact that they completely inconveniently consider that to be irrelevant man it, it's just people want to pick and choose what they want to fucking see on the canvas and, and, and it's not even a form of color it's not even being colorblind it's just Straight up fucking being in a state of denial. It's it's just too much. In April, British re British researchers published a definitive paper on the subject in the Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology, a peer-reviewed journal. The researchers examined the medical records of almost seven million people in England and to look at the link between obesity and severe outcomes from COVID, including hospitalization and death. The top-line findings show only a moderate link between extra weight and COVID risk. But when the researchers looked more closely, they found that it's because in older people, being overweight does not drive excess risk. So the researchers divided the patients into four age ranges, 20 to 39, 40 to 59, 60 to 79, and over 80. They found that in, two, in the two younger groups, including adults up to age 60, being obese was associated with nearly all the risk that COVID would lead to intensive care or death. Mm. The findings held even after they adjusted for many different potential confounding factors like smoking, non-weight related illnesses and wealth. The excess risk was extremely high, even for people who weren't morbidly obese, defined as a body mass index of 40 or more. A person B 
between 40 and 60 with a BMI of 35, someone who was 230 pounds and 5'8", had about five times the risk of dying of COVID of a person of normal weight. For younger adults, the excess risk was even higher, for the morbidly obese even higher still. That's wild. In contrast, people of normal weight under 40 are essentially no risk of death from COVID. The researchers found their rate to be under 1 in 10,000 per year. Even in the 40 to 59 age range, normal weight adults had an annual risk well under 1 in 1,000. Where am I looking at here? Oh, so they have... This is not very good here. I can't really read it. Um, he has a chart here. Eh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm not going to break down the chart, but this is actually a Zero Hedge article here. Uh, or Alex Berenson, you can check him out on Substack. Uh, it's just it. I'm not going to read it. The researchers did not include those stunning findings in the main body of the paper, only in its appendix. Still, they were clear in their discussion about the overall, uh, overall results. Our findings from this large population-based cohort, cohort emphasize that excess weight is associated with substantially increased risk of severe COVID-19 outcomes and one of the most important modifiable risk factors identified to date. In fact, the findings suggest that for people under 60, weight loss, weight loss would be the single best way to reduce the risk of COVID, probably even more than a vaccine and with no side effects. Of course, of course. They could tell people, get your ass out there in the gym. And what did they do? Remember what I said, what the fuck did they do? They shut down the gyms, made everybody stay home, but they still allowed everybody to get takeout. See, unfortunately where I live, and I notice this a lot more, and I don't know if it's the past year because everybody's been locked down, but yo, people are just huge all around me. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Especially if they say that they have a higher risk of COVID. Um, and I know that certain hospitals out here did get slammed. And I remember years ago, even just knowing, and we're talking 11, more than 11, maybe 15 years ago, where we just have in this area just a higher proportion of very heavy people. And the surgery was very big. Doctors make a lot of money doing these gastric bypass surgeries, but people still stay heavy. Um, it's it's disturbing because if the quote, and I'm not going to even talk about waves of corona, and I, and I say this very sarcastically, but whatever flu season comes about in November, December, and now these people are primed, we're going to see a lot of more people getting sick in hospital. It's going to be a complete shit show. It's going to be a complete shit show because, you know, these people are walking around like fucking cattle. And I get out of my car and I just see, and I see big, thick, obese, chunky people, especially women, everywhere. Every fucking where. And it's disturbing. It's very disturbing to me because it's going to be because of these people that we're going to get locked down again. Because I'm sure they wouldn't have got their shot, but it's not going to make a difference for them. But they'll blame the few fucking people. And that's that's just the, the, the absolute most absurd part of this whole thing. Because I bet you every single one of those cattle got their fucking shot. That I saw and I see in the parking lot. 
kind of morbidly obese and so chunky and thick that I think that my little bit of cellulite is a big deal until I look at them and I'm like, yeah, fuck this. Really, just shameful when I see. And it's shameful because I know how absolutely blatantly horrible it is and that the outcome is going to be horrendous for all of us. But this is what our country has become. This is what our country has become. This is what we're surrounded by. What? How many? 60%? 50% of the population? Certain age groups? If they're going to kill people off, it's going to be people like them. And likely it will come by way of this other, the next round of this virus, whether it's a Delta variant, Alpha variant, whatever the fuck variant. They want to get rid of certain types of people. They want to call them useless eaters. This is the perfect way to do so. Seem to be targeting them. So it will continue to target them, especially now that they got their shot. Let me finish up this article. So they said, the findings suggest that for people under 60, weight loss would be the single best way to reduce the risk of COVID. You don't hear nothing about that. Nothing about it, right? Probably even more than the vaccine. But of course you haven't heard about this paper. No one has. The public health establishment has decided that an honest discussion of who is really at risk from COVID might smack of the victim blaming just as it did a generation ago with HIV. It's not even so much about that. It's just keeping people, you have more people in fear. You say anybody can get it, you know? And if you could tell people, well, you know, we lose weight, then that puts the responsibility on them. And big, da big daddy government doesn't want that. Big daddy government doesn't want you out there exercising and losing weight. Big daddy government wants you diabetic, pre-diabetic, with high cholesterol, so you can rely on big daddy government to fix the, those problems for you. Because big daddy government cares for your fucking health. <sighs> this time, we haven't frightened just a bunch of people at essentially no risk. Our viral lockdown theater has been more, far more destructive for kids who have lost a year of school and everyone else. In one final irony, lockdown-related weight gain may have actually worsened the risks last year. Exactly my point. It's long past time to tell the truth. This is, this is basically how they set us up to fail. In every way, shape, or form, they have fucking set us up to fail. And it's really, you know, what more can I say? What more can I say on July 4th, 2020? Sorry, July 4th, 2021, Independence Day. Independence Day. Sunday morning. Let's fight it off. I hope that whatever peace that you can find in this period of time, you enjoy it. Doesn't mean barbecuing, it means being outside. It's fucking cold here in the Northeast, I'll tell you that much. 59 degrees. It's amazing, only two weeks ago it was 56 degrees. Then we had hot ass motherfucking weather. Now we're back down into the fucking 50s again. I don't get it. This is probably one of the coolest July 4th I can remember. But that's not stopping these people out here from blowing shit up. So, in honor of Independence Day, please, by all means, light some fires, blow shit up, enjoy yourself. Because we're not sure how many more left we have to enjoy in the first place. Have a good day, night, evening.